All right, so how many of you are wondering what's with the chairs on the platform? So uh, I was going to have them down there, and people would bring them up, and, and Tim's like, no, it'll add a sense of wonder to the service, because everyone will be wondering why there are chairs on the platform. So, okay, it worked. Some of you wondered about why there were chairs on the platform. So we've talked for the last couple of weeks about generosity. We've looked at the Old Testament. We've looked at the, the New Testament. I've, I've tried to say to you over and over again, you know, I can't, there's no command in the New Testament. There was a command under the old system, the tabernacle and the temple and the Levites and the priests and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> there's no command anymore. There's just an attitude. There's heart. There's a desire God wants us to be people who want to be generous and who are looking for, for reasons to do that. And I, I hope you know that we do that corporately. I mean, I'm encouraging you to do that individually, but we do that corporately as well. It's called benevolence. So we have a benevolence ministry where we take the resources of the church and be generous to people. And so this morning, rather than doing another sermon, I've asked the deacon who's in charge of benevolence, Rob Weaver, if he'll come sit up here with me, hence the chairs, and we'll talk about generosity. Now, we'll talk about it personally, but Rob is a guy who is involved in benevolence for our church corporately, and I know he's also generous in his own private life. But what I want you to see is, and to be thinking about, oh, how could I do this? How could I be involved? That it's not, it's not just some sort of, oh yeah, that's a Bible thing, or oh yeah, we, we have to do this, but oh yeah, what does that mean for me? Because again, lots of things in scripture, I can command you, do this, don't do that. I can't command you in generosity. Scripture says that. God wants you to be people who want to be generous. So we're just going to talk about that. Talk about some different ideas. What's that, what's that like? What does it mean? How do we become generous people? We don't, none of us, I think, start out being super generous people. So I'm gonna pray for us while I'm doing that. Rob's gonna come up, we're gonna get situated. We got our questions. We're just gonna, I'm gonna interview him. We're gonna go back and forth and talk about generosity. What, that, what does that actually look like? You know, boots on the ground. What does it mean for us to be generous in our lives today? So pray with me. Uh, thanks, Lord. Uh, we know the truth of what scripture says, that we are generous because you've been generous with us and you were generous first. You, you didn't, you don't come to us and say, okay, be generous and then I will respond. And scripture says over and over again, Jesus, that you are our model, that you were rich, just like the passage that Anna read this morning. You, 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 you dwelt in eternity. You are part of the Trinity. You, you dwelt with your father and with the spirit in, in perfection. And you gave all that up for us. You gave up these things so that we, we could gain. And that's what we read last week that Paul says to the Corinthians, that, that you, Jesus, you are our model, that you were rich and you became poor so that we who are poor could become rich. And so, Lord, we, we, we want to talk about that. We want to know. We want your spirit to speak to us since there, there are no commands. The scriptures do not command us how to be generous, how much to be generous. They don't command us who to give to or, or when to give or where to give. You have left all that up to us. We have to make those decisions in, in talking to you and looking to you. And so, Jesus, we pray that, that this time now that, that you will be speaking to us, that it's not just going to be me asking Rob questions and Rob answering and us dialoguing and talking about ways that, that we have been generous or that we have tried to be generous, but it will be you, Holy Spirit, you at work 
in people, that, that you will be talking to folks. As we are talking, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would be talking, that, that you would come and talk with us, that you would speak to us, that you, you'd speak to our hearts and our minds, that we would know what you are calling us to. Just like what Paul says to the Corinthians. Yeah, you should set aside a, a sum of money in keeping with your income for the work of God's people. Um, wow, that's really vague, Lord. Show us, as we talk about this, speak to us. How do you want us to be involved? And so, Jesus, we pray these things, all of them, in your name. Amen. All right, Rob. So I know you, and I happen to know that you are, you are a generous man. You have taught me a good deal about that. But again, I imagine that was not like, you, 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 weren't, you didn't spring from the womb, a, a gener, generous man. What, what's it been like? Tell me about your journey to becoming generous. Well, can I start by saying I'm a bit uncomfortable to be called generous. I don't want to sit up here and act like, yep, I'm generous, so let me start holding forth on that topic. I appreciate the fact that you think I'm a generous person, but I know that there are plenty of people, I'm sure, in this congregation who are more generous than me. They just are lucky or smart enough to not accept your free offer for lunch <laughs> because that is the way you end up here, where Jeff asks, says, can I buy you lunch? And so I want to... I had several people I was planning on trying that on, right. and you've spoiled it right. for me now. So uh, I want to just put a couple disclaimers out there first. I'm trying to be generous, right? And as we go through this, I really want God to get the glory for whatever I talk about. I want maybe the congregation to be encouraged, maybe even challenged in certain situations. And... You know, I'm going to just apologize in advance when I say I did this and I did that, because that's not really my spirit. My spirit is I know that God did that through me, but when you're telling stories, you could slip into I this. I don't, it's not, it's not me, it's God. I want to kind of start there Amen. before we talk about anything. So what was the first question again? <laughs> so tell us about your journey to, be, to, to, to becoming generous, to generosity being important to you. So I, I know for a fact it was not part of my life before I knew Christ. It, it came into my life through Christ. I don't know if that's a spiritual gift. I don't, know how, I don't know how it came to be in me. But I do know that in reading through the Bible, you know, it, it becomes obvious the promises that God makes about generosity. You know, and you, he says explicitly the things he's going to do with the good gifts that we give. And, you know, he promises, in fact, to, you know, to multiply it, right, and to eternalize it, to make it eternal. And I just like, I'm not a very good investor. If anybody knows what my stock market investments look like, it's not so good. But, you know, there's a, you know, that's a real promise. I don't have to know that much. Of, I mean, God is making a promise in terms of what he's going to do. He's going to multiply what... I give, and he's going to make it eternal. And I, I, you know, I just, if you believe that promise, and I believe that promise, I don't know if that's why, you know, that, that one stuck out more than anything else, but I believe that. And so it, it you know, kind of come at it from that stance. You know, I think a little bit like, as a, as a poor investor, sometimes I go back and I think, gosh, if I could go back 10 years in time and pick a new set of stocks, what would I have invested in? I could make all the right decisions because I know exactly what's going to happen. But I can't do that. But the, the great thing about God's promises, at least to me, I don't have to do That's true right now. God is telling me right now what he's going to do with investments in his kingdom. And so I'm, I'm kind of motivated. 
by that. That's, I guess that's how I got started, believing that promise. If you believe that promise, it will change the way you think about giving. Amen. All right, so I've been telling people, you know, in these sermons, like I can't, I can't command you, right? So you should ask God, right? That's one of the things I've said to people over and over again is you should ask God. So now let's get to the full disclosure part. Is it really that simple, right? For, for you being generous, is it really just a question of you're like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And then boom, there it is and you know. Not for me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> In fact, not even close. I mean, I'll be honest. I rarely hear God saying, go do something specifically. Like, you know, Rob, I want you to go give $1,265 to uh, this ministry over here. I I don't hear that. I don't hear a lot of that. But, you know, fortunately, God gave us the Word. He gave us the Bible, and pretty much all I need to know about the way I operate, I can, you know, I get from there. I know exactly how God feels uh, about generosity, it's it's he's made it clear, and so you know the, 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 my problem is like sometimes I want just a formula. It'd be just easier, you know. I feel like in the Old Testament, although I don't want to live under the Old Testament <laughs> law, uh, but to just know, okay, it's this person of this, this person of this, and it just makes it makes it easy. I don't have to kind of in you know interpolate my way through all these different decisions, and so. Now, I guess since I, I do believe it's a great investment, as I said, I guess you know, my strategy is, is just be super generous. You know, I know that is, is a good starting point. I don't need to know exactly what to give, how much to give here and how much to give there. At least that's the way I started. I just wanted to be uber generous, I guess, you know. And I guess... You know, over the t- over time, I'm not sure that accomplished a lot. It, it looked like me saying yes to pretty much everything. I, f- I thought that's what generosity was. Somebody asked me for something, I'd try to say yes to it, and I and I did. I, I gave a whole lot of yeses, but I'm not sure how much fruit that produced for God's kingdom. There was a lot of disparate, ad hoc giving here, there, everywhere, and I wasn't really kind of going deep. You know, I was going broad. And I think over time, I've kind of I've changed a little bit. What, what I appreciate about that time in my life is that it changed my heart in terms of I'm kind of a yes man rather than a no man. I start with how do I say yes rather than how do I say no. And so I appreciate that part of it. But over time, I think what I've, what I've tried to do is kind of look at it like any other kind of investment. If I were investing in a business, I'd think about their revenue, their growth, you know, the income, the leadership, all that kind of stuff. And, but with investments in God's kingdom, I guess I'm looking for, is it bearing fruit? Is God there? Is he in it? And is it bearing fruit? And do I think it's the kind of, will it survive the fire? That's kind of my, you know, standard these days with, with, with giving. You know, is it bearing fruit for God's kingdom and will it survive the fire? And I've, I've always... So the reason Rob is on is the, one of the benevolence guys is because at one point he came to me and said, hey, if you hear about stuff, bring it to me. Because I, I figure that's God telling me, like, I, I, I want to be involved. All right, so what are the things, like you talked about, you know, okay, I, I used to be really broad. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to be really deep. What, what are some of the things that you are personally involved in trying to be deep? Well, 
obviously this church. All starts. Excellent. I mean, for Excellent answer. Thank <laughs> I, you. I, I knew you'd like to make that sure answer. we got that one. <laughs> but it definitely starts here. This is where I'm fed. This is my community. These are the people that pray for me if I need. And the, the, I love this church because this church, you can you can go to the pastor. You can go to Jeff. Jeff will pray with you. You can go to the elders. They'll pray with you. I mean, this is. You know, this church, is. I just, I've been here 10 plus years now and I've seen lots of difficult circumstances that, you know, it looked, you know, churches do fail. We, we saw during COVID that a lot of churches failed. And this church had plenty of opportunities to fail over the past, you know, 10 plus years, but it didn't because I know God is here and I know He's working and I know He's got a plan for this church. And, and, and I trust the leadership. I know Jeff, I know the elders, I know they listen to God. And if they hear from God and God says, do this, they're going to do that. And so I guess where I see God working, I, I want to be a part of that. So obviously it starts with, with the church. Um, some of you may know, and in fact, I, I saw uh, Cindy here this morning, actually, but I've been involved with uh, Dunwoody Community School, uh, which started in this church about five years ago. And it started with three grades, kindergarten through second grade, and it started with 11 children. And so today we find ourselves five years later, uh, kindergarten through eighth grade, and we've got more than 100 students, and we're just seeing some amazing things happen. And, you know, in a school that is like, I call it uncompromisingly dedicated to educating children. And, and helping form them in Christ. They're made in Christ's image, but helping them you know, see that themselves. We've had children who uh, get baptized. We have, I've seen children defending their faith. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I get emotional when I see God so clearly at work, and I see it there. And so, so and I've, had, I've seen no less than four outright miracles as it relates to God's provision for that school. So once again, I know God's there, and I know He's working, and I want to be part of that, you know? And actually, I just want to slide aside, I want to talk about the general fund of ministries for a moment, <laughs> if I could, because in my role at the school, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm forced to ask people for support. Right, you know, private schools, they don't make it without garnering donations, just like churches don't make it without garnering donations. And so, so I have to go ask, I'm much more comfortable being asked than asking. You know, I'd almost rather say, just tell me how much you need so I don't have to go to ask this person. I'd much rather write that check than actually go ask somebody else for the money. And, but but I've, learned to tr I've learned to do it, I'm still not really good at it, um, but, you know, I, I, I'm always surprised, like, when I meet with these parents of these children, I mean, uh, they are generous people. They are Christians. Um, and when I ask for support, I'm asking for support for, you know, the basics of the operation. You know, we've got to pay teachers. We've got to have a building. You know, we've got to pay for utilities. We've got to pay for our curriculum. There's so much you know, cost just associated with like operating the school. And I'll be trying to talk to parents about this and they'll be like, uh, I'm not interested in keeping the lights on, but 
maybe you need a new playground. And I feel like they'd, you know, give me a check for $50,000 for a new playground, but won't even contribute, you know, $1,000 to the basic operating budget of the school. And I always, I, I try to gently say, that's great. Th thank you for that. But, you know, without teachers and a building and utilities, that playground may not get as much use as we would otherwise like. And so that's just kind of like, I mean, whatever you're involved in, my rec it, it makes sure you support kind of like the general kind of operating fund for that ministry. It's so much more fun to go to a special project, so much more tangible. I can recall last year, Jared was wanting better cameras to, for better, you know, YouTube videos or whatever. I'm like, oh, let me do that. Because it's fun to do that kind of stuff, but don't neglect the general fund for the organizations that you support, is what I would say on that front. And, and then I'm also uh, involved in an organization called the Jesus Way, which is a, is a kind of, they take care of orphans in southern India. I think there'll be more on that later. Yeah, there'll be more on that <laughs> later. All right, so um, I don't know about you, but this is true of me. Like, there, first there was Black Friday, and then there was, like, Online Monday, and now there's Giving Tuesday. And every Christian organization I have ever given a dollar to has my email address and sends me appeals for Giving Tuesday, right? So it, it, we all get tons and tons of appeals for money. And so I'm sure you do as well. I'm sure you're on all those same mailing lists and all those same people calling you. And uh, I was just visiting some friends in Charlotte this weekend, and they're having the same time. They're very involved in Young Life. Mm -hmm. And they're seeing a huge shortfall in giving. And, and um, you know, all, all their staff had to take a 25% pay cut and some of these other things. And they're agonizing over this. And how do we – there's tons of appeals. How do you decide? In, in that myriad of appeals, everything from, hey, would you like to round up your change to the dollar for the children? <laughs> you know, all the way up to, I need a – I mean, the, I, my friends in Charlie, and they need to raise a quarter of a million dollars right. to make up this shortfall or right. else everyone's taking a, a pay cut. Right. Um, right. How do you decide? Well, for me, obviously, I, it, I try to stick with what I'm already doing. You know, I, you know, there, these, you, you can't, like I said, I don't want to go broad. I want to go deep. I'm, you know, if I'm deeply involved with a few things, then I under, then I can be a better steward of God's resources, right? I can be in tune to what's happening within that ministry. And so it's very hard to do that across 17 different things. So one reason I love giving to the church is because they've already done that due diligence for me on the ministries they support. But but I don't I want to know where the money's going and how it's going to be used to advance God's kingdom. And and that's a that's a big part of it for me. So the the answer is I usually stick with what I'm already doing, but sometimes, you know, a compelling opportunity. Again, I look at this as investment. I think God is is good with us looking and wanting to take advantage of his promises as it relates to what he's going to do for our gifts in this way. And so uh, so I want to talk just a little bit. So the Jesus Way is an example of that. I mentioned that uh, earlier, but... The Jesus Way is a ministry in southern India. It's run by a couple of friends of, of my wife, Sydney. And basically, they, uh, they take orphans literally off the street, and they provide shelter, and they provide clothing, and they house them, and they, you know, they feed them, and they educate them. And they're doing this for 800 
orphans, which blows my mind, right? But I mean, you think about a ministry like that, it's like, it's appropriate it's called the Jesus way because how much more like Jesus does that look? And so they were, they turned out they were in town and they were staying at our house and we had been kind of ad hoc givers to this organization and they took the time while we were get together they were over in the united states because they had room for 200 more orphans they could do a thousand they had 800 and so they were going around uh, the u.s and trying to find support to do it for 200 more and so like you know when i heard about like how efficient they were at you know in terms of what it costs to actually do that on a per orphan basis they, they were asking us, hey, do you think you guys can help out with this? And, you know, I say that I never, <laughs> I never hear directly from God, but totally heard, <laughs> you know, in that moment, I was like, we'll do 100. And so that's what we did. We signed up for, for 100. And so I just, I just can't think of a better investment than that. So that's like, so we added that. You know, and, and one thing I want to like underscore here is we added that without taking away from anything else we were doing. We didn't drop our support for the church or drop our support for the school to accommodate this new project. We just found a way to go do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so that's that's that's. It, I said, but, but I do want to say that I do sometimes still give on an ad hoc basis. Usually when it's presented to me by somebody that I know, somebody comes to me on behalf, like somebody in this congregation who I trust and they know me, and they say, Rob, we've got this opportunity. You know, and a, a recent example of that is, is Dan Martin, who I don't see here. Not here. Okay. But Dan Martin went to Mexico on a mission trip. And he came back, and he had identified the need of a rainwater collection system to provide drinking water for the community. I don't know the name of the mission, but I know it's we're somehow associated with it at this church. I think Archie and Maxanne are, are definitely associated with it. But, you know, and he asked me, he was like, Rob, what do you think about supporting this project? And so I didn't hear God saying, yeah, absolutely, you need to do that. But some things I think God's already said yes to. Providing a, you know, a sustainable way to provide water for a community sounds like an easy yes. So we did that. But the stuff that Jeff was talking about earlier, I don't round up my change. I don't give a dollar to the Humane <laughs> Society. You know, I don't give $25 here, 25 And I have zero guilt about that. So it's like a big nope. <laughs> Well, you could ask them to pick up a hundred orphans. Yeah, exactly. You pick up an orphan, I'll pick up the you know humane society. So one of the things that folks have heard me, you've heard me, people tell, is that you can't outgive God. Right? That's one of the promises of God that, that I hang on to in giving is that that you know he who who gives to the poor lends to God. That Jesus says, anything you gave up for me or for the gospel, I will repay you. Um, but also, we all know that, 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 that God's not a slot machine, right? We put a dollar in, you get a $10 bill back out again. Well, what are some ways you've seen God, quote-unquote, repay you? Yeah, I, I don't have a great answer to that, because in general, I don't see it. I, I think a lot of times, because I'm looking in the wrong places. One place I never see it is in my bank account. <laughs> I, you know, I never see my bank account just surprisingly going up. 
but I think that's okay because, you know, I, I kind of have at least some idea how to turn money into more money, but, but God's the only person who can take money and turn it into blessings and, and, water, and favor life. and water into water. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I don't know how to do that. And so I, you know, and I, and also God's timing is never the same as my timing. I'm, you know how many blessings we miss each and every day that are from God. I'm just assuming I'm, I'm missing it, but it's there because he's promised it's there and his promises are always true now and in eternity. And so, so I know it's happening. I don't ne- I guess I've gotten used to, I'm not really looking for it. It's there. I trust God on that front. Um, you know, and so yeah. But I do have one example, and I want to use this example. Um, my job. So Jeff had mentioned that I've been involved with benevolence here, and I've, and we've tried to do the kind of benevolence that was like go deep benevolence, not like you know throwing hundred dollar bills out the window to people who say, "Hey, I need money for my utilities." But you know going deeper, like what's the underlying problem? Can we solve this in a more meaningful way, a a longer term way? We've done things like, hey, sometimes it's being generous is lending. In some cases, we've lent people money to pay off credit card, high interest credit card debt at no interest. They've paid it back. So it's a sustaining thing. And so that all requires time. And, you know, I do work. I I have a full time (laughs) I, I have a full-time job. I'm not retired. That's a, it requires time. But one place I've seen God definitely pay me back is there. Somehow he has arranged my job in a way that I have time. It seems like the more time I put into other people, the more efficient he makes me at doing what I need to do. It's not like I just stop doing my job and do this instead. It just works out. And I think only God makes something like that work out. And so I've definitely seen that, you know, in my job. And um, so, but as it turns out, my job uh, was ending, I've had it, you know, for many years, it was ending this June, okay? And I kind of expected that. Uh, I'd seen it coming. And so I, I had shared this with some people in the congregation. One of them was Leslie Brooks, right there. <laughs> This I'll definitely get emotional about. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. So, you know, I told Leslie about this, right? And, and Leslie, you know, he never said he was praying for me, but I know he was praying for me because, like, every week, I mean, I, there, there hasn't been a Sunday since I told him that where he didn't say, Rob, what's going on with your job? And what I love about that is... He was praying, and he was expecting God to do something about it. He was waiting to see what God was going to do about that. So, anyway, a couple weeks ago, I was up at my headquarters, and um, I'd had some discussions with the president about some strategic stuff, and I was there for another event, but we had some time together. And at the end of the week, my boss came to me, and he said, "Um, hey, we can't get rid of Rob, put him back in the budget. So I'd say amen to that. And I thank Leslie for his diligence in praying about that. Yes, amen. That is one of the things I love about being a community church, yes. right? We are in each other's business in a really good way. So, all right, so um, 
you know, you've said what I think all of us would say, what I would say, right, is that it's rare that God speaks to us in the sense of like you hear a voice or you're just, I mean, it does happen, but, but wow, compared to however many hours in the week and all, it, it, it's rare that we yes. actually have a sense of God saying, hey, Rob, do this or don't do that. Or, um, but it does occasionally happen. What, what can you tell us uh, sometimes when you have like felt like God was really telling you, okay, Rob, this is what I want you to do. And then what happened when you obeyed or you didn't obey? Yeah, so I'm going to start. So actually, I want to say that I have a really cool story on the obedience side. And I say cool, and I'm being quite literal with it because it involved a gentleman named Rob Cool. Yes, that was his last name. So that's, you know, that's a pretty good last name if you can get it. Uh, well, at any rate, uh, you know, after a bike ride, this is many years ago, uh, we, we had met, Sydney and myself had met, people tend to stay and have a beer after the bike ride, whatever, and, and we met Rob Cool, and we found out uh, he's a great Christian man, and he had just been through a divorce, and he was actually living in a tent behind his office. And, and, and then he went on to share it was his birthday. But what, you know, what really struck me about him is he was not one bit concerned about his present situation. Uh, you know, he loved God, and he knew that God had a plan for his life. And it, it struck me as like, wow, sometimes it's so hard for me to kind of get over the situational nature of, of that. But he, he, was, he, he knew God was going to be good to him. And he just started at a new church. Um, and he had uh, decided that he wanted to be, they had this like motor, <laughs> I don't know, motorcycle discipleship uh, ministry. I'm not even sure how that worked. It was headed up by the pastor, who is obviously much cooler than Jeff, <laughs> because <laughs> you, don't, you don't see a lot of that here. Um, and, but, you know, but he was missing one critical element to participate in this, he didn't have a motorcycle. And so, you know, as it, as it turned out, uh, Sydney and I had uh, recently treated ourselves to a couple of spanking brand new motorcycles. And we didn't do this because we were gonna use them to commute. We did it because we were gonna go have some fun, maybe ride up in the mountains, you know, that's, and, and just, right, just right in the moment, you know, God was like, hey, Rob, that new motorcycle you have, you're going to give that to Rob as his birthday present. <laughs> and so I did. So I was just, I handed him the keys. And I was like, there, it, it's your motorcycle. And, and, and Rob shared, has shared with me that every time he throws his leg over that motorcycle, he asks God to bless me. So he, I mean, he literally prays for me every time he writes it. And he's also shared that story with you know, thousands of people, Christians and non-Christians alike, because he's so struck by God's generosity to him. And, and I really appreciate that aspect of it. He sees it as God's generosity to him, not my generosity to him. And that's what I want it to look like. And then... <laughs> and then you have another interesting right, story. <laughs> yeah. And then there was the disobedience story. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, many years ago, I had purchased a company out of bankruptcy and got the company kind of turned around and it was like, okay, but I wasn't paying much attention to the business. I wasn't directly involved in it. I owned some of it and there came a time 
when a larger company wanted to acquire uh, the business, and the business had decided to start, you know, uh, send, you know, uh, distributing some of the retained earnings. Um, and so all of a sudden, I didn't even know about this, but checks started arriving in the mail, and they weren't like little checks; they were they were pretty big checks. And so, you know, I don't I don't know why I don't, I don't I'm not sure I heard God say to do anything with the initial check, but what we decided to do was like let's be just super generous. With this, we didn't expect it. Let's find a way to to give a lot of this away. And and before I go on, I don't want like a you know Acts five Ananias and Sapphira thing here. <laughs> I wasn't giving all the checks away. I don't want you to have to bury me in the playground back there, etc. But we were giving a good bit of the checks away, and and the checks continued to come week after week after week. And every time it's like, oh, great, what are we going to do with this now? What are we going to do? You know, and it was fun. It was good. And then the sixth check came. And of course, Sydney, my wife, was all over, okay, what are we going to, you know, do with this? And I, and I remember, even in the moment, even in the moment, I knew I was being disobedient. And I said, no, we're keeping that. <laughs> so we've given away plenty. That's ours. Just go put it in the bank. Well, that was the last check we got. <laughs> And the deal to sell the business fell through. <laughs> so yeah, that didn't wasn't a good outcome. And I but but I think that's the thing. It's like sometimes you know sometimes Jesus wants it all, or, or you know, and so it varies, right? Like, uh, and and I wasn't obedient, and that's what happened. Yeah, Amen. God God was looking for somebody generous to give a whole bunch of money away, and he as long as you were doing that. He was happy to supply it to you. And right. Then, he found somebody else that would be more faithful. Yeah. No doubt. A- amen. I've, yeah. I've seen that in my life as well. So, all right. So last week, I read that quote from John Piper, a pastor up, up north, saying, you know, that as Christians, we shouldn't be asking ourselves, like, okay, how much should I give? Why don't we ask ourselves, how much should I keep? Right? And ask God, like, th- th- you've provided me with all this, but, but what do you want me to use on myself? And Usually, our fear is, oh, we're going to be the rich ring ruler in that parable, right? We're going to say, God, how much should I keep for myself? And God's going to say, I want oh, it all. nothing. Give it all to me and go <laughs> yeah. sleep in a tent behind right, you right, 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 and, and right, eat grubs, right. whatever you can find. Right. Um, but the reality is, like, there, there's only one story in the whole Bible where God ever said, the rich young ruler says, no, sell everything and come follow me. It, it, that's just so rare. Normally... Mm-hmm. He tells us to spend money on ourselves. He tell, he tell, I mean, scripture says God has given us all good things. So have you got, tell us some examples of ways that God has said to you, yeah, Rob, I want you to, you know, I've provided this money for you and I want you to use it for yourself. I want you to enjoy it. And then some ways perhaps that he hasn't. Okay. So, okay. So, I mean, this is a big conflict for me uh, because if I really believe, I said earlier on that I believe God's promises here, you know, if I really believe that, then why am I not selling everything I've got and living in a trailer and not going? I mean, why don't I just dramatically cut back, you know, my lifestyle? I think a lot of us living here in Dunwoody might be able to identify some fat that could take off, you know, their 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 normal lifestyle. But but I guess what I would say is, you know, I haven't really heard him saying that. I mean, he hasn't said no. I want it all. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean so. And I know that he wants to give good gifts to us. And, and it's like if I, if I decide to give my child a gift, 
you know, I guess I'd prefer that my child appreciate the gift and use it and enjoy it and not simply go sell it, you know. <laughs> and then, although that might, you know, who knows, it might be the right thing to do. I don't want to say it's not, but I think it's fine for us to have good gifts, and I think God wants that. Um, a few years ago, for instance, uh, you know, there was this house. I used to ride my bike by it all the time. And it was gorgeous. I loved this house. It just had this perfect setting. It was big, beautiful green yard, majestic oak trees, beautiful swimming pool, basketball court. It was on a scenic lake. It was just like perfect. And I'd always wanted it. And uh, one day I was looking at the back of the Dunwoody Crier and it was for sale. And I was like, I got to go get that house, you know? And so uh, we immediately got an appointment with the realtor and we went over and it was, um, you know, I guess I was hoping maybe it'll be awful. <laughs> on the but no, it was just as perfect uh, on the inside as it was the outside. And, but I was, I struggled because I was like, ah, I don't, I mean, it wasn't like a ton more money than where I was living, but I don't know. I, I, I don't feel comfortable doing this without consultation. And so I brought in my professional prayer here, Jeff. And I was like, Jeff, you need to help me through this. You need to tell me whether this is okay or not. And he's like, Jeff always says, well, let's ask God. And he prayed about it. And, you know, I don't think at the end of that prayer, God said, you must have that house, Rob. But I think what Jeff said was, it's not a sin to, to buy a new house. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, you have you are a generous person. If it would cause you, if buying that house will cause you to be less generous, maybe you shouldn't buy the house. But if it's not, I just see no reason not to consider this just God's good gift to you. And so we did. We we bought the house, and and there are lots of things that happened along the way that just gave com just total confirmation that yes, that was God's good gift to us. Just in the way the whole thing transacted. Alternatively. There was a time I, I decided I needed a Porsche. <laughs> so I guess a Porsche 911S has always been my like dream car. But I'd never been willing to pull the trigger on it. And uh, uh, you know, a few years ago, I was like, it's enough already. I'm just going to, I want that car. I'm going to go buy that car. And so there's this uh, program. It's called the Porsche Passport Program. The idea is like you can pay a monthly fee and they'll bring you any Porsche you want, right? You drive this Porsche and when you're done driving that Porsche, you tell them, bring me this one and then you can drive that one. It just kind of works like that. And I was looking at this program as, okay, maybe 911S is not the right one. I'm going to go through all of these things and I'm going to figure out the right one. It wasn't about me putting the brakes on buying it. It was just like making sure I bought the right one. <laughs> but... You know, so I was in that program for a month, and and quite honestly, God made it ab abundantly clear: no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Your, your that Porsche 911 is not, not my going good to gift. Have, to you. Right. Now, I, I I did come away with that's still the car I would have wanted, uh, but God said no to the car. But He said, but my good gift to you was this month of fun you've had <laughs> doing this, and and it was a good gift, and I did not leave. I no longer I no longer lost after that car. It's gone. God said no, and I'm good with that. Yeah. Oh. Amen. All right. I told folks one of the things I wanted to do was like like practical strategies for giving. Right? How how do you how do you become a more generous person? Because I, I I assume we all want that. 
right? We all want to honor God, but the reality is life is hard, it's busy. What are some of the things that you do in your life to help you to be generous? You know, well, what do they call those life hacks? What are some, some generosity hacks? Well, okay, so the first thing I do, I don't know how practical it is, may even be controversial, I don't know. Uh, but the, the first thing I do is, you know, I set a, a really aggressive stretch annual giving goal that has nothing to do with my income. You know, because I think that, you know, I think I want to give off of not just what I get, but what I have. Mm-hmm. And so I look at my, you know, my full financial picture and I'm like, okay. How much should you give off of that full financial picture and not just off of what you made last year or expect to make this year? And so, so that's one, because, that, because if you don't do something like that, there's no way you can deeply support the church and the other you know, ministries that I mentioned earlier. Because make no, I'm not giving up my support for the church to do other stuff. It's an and, right? And I think you've got to, I mean, in my, in, for me, and giving is between you and God and how you decide to navigate the uncertainty of the rather nebulous ask between something and everything. Um, yes. I just, you know, I try to go big, I, I, I guess. Uh, you know, and in fact, it, you know, it, what, what I've been doing for the last several years is saying, if you thought you could go buy a Porsche, then you need to give a Porsche away per year, right? So that's how I set my, my stretch giving. It's like, okay, um, that makes sense. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I do, too. I have a, I have a 2004 Accord. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I definitely need to give a 20-year-old car away. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so thank you. So, I appreciate this. And so that's, that's like, that sets up the next part of it. I guess the more practical part is, is I use what's called a donor-advised fund. I'm sure some people will know what that is. Some of them, some of you may not. But basically, it's like a charitable trust that you control individually. You don't have to have all the paperwork that would normally go uh, with forming a trust. It's it's simply a, a vehicle by which you can put cash, appreciated stocks, you know, whatever you want, into this account, and you receive the tax deduction immediately. So I don't have to know exactly what I'm going to spend that money on. I can just fund that account and then let God tell me during the year where, where he wants me to direct it. And it grows in the form of mutual funds and, and whatever in this account. But make no mistake, it's gone. You won't be getting <laughs> that money back. Uh, but what I have found is that it, it frees you up to say yes in a way that, like, if you're processing your yeses or your ask or your request in real time, you're always having to overcome that hurdle of giving something away that's yours. Once you make that one-time donation, or you can make a, you know, it doesn't matter if you make it one time a year or multiple times per year, but once it's not yours anymore, and that, I think that properly viewed, it's not ours even before I put it into that account. Mm-hmm. But once I put it into that account, it's really not mine. And so when somebody says, hey, what about this, uh, you know, what rainwater collection system? Yes, let's do it. And so that kind of that one big yes to put the money in, okay, 
To me, what I look at is, is that one big yes, it looks like a ton of easy yeses after that. And I like that dynamic of it. I, I will tell you that you know it usually comes down to a mouse click. And I have hesitated on that <laughs> mouse click. I've pushed it into the next day, sometimes into the next week. But what I generally find is that some point, you know, in a year, at some point in a year, I'm going to see how good God has, has been to me, whether it's my bank. I don't know what form it takes, but I know that once a year I can rally and say, now, <laughs> quickly click it before I change my mind. But I have never, I have never neglected it once I've clicked that button. It, it's really been quite freeing to give in that way. So as a, like, I get a salary. So it's easy for Elizabeth and I to say, I mean, I know exactly how much money I'm going to have each month. And I know, and I, okay, here's, how, here's our expenses. Here's what we can give and all. But for a lot of people, that's not true, right? They own their own businesses. They work, they live on commission, things like that. How about for folks like that? How, how should they go about being, being generous, would you say? Uh, everybody's circumstance is different, right? Again, you know, I would push back on the idea of giving off of what you get. Like to me, it, it you know, as I said earlier, I, I don't look at it like that. It's not about what I get, you know. But I'm not saying that, you know, people haven't worked out their own system where they're going to give 10% of their pre-tax income, post-tax, you know, that sort of strategy. Um, and I'm not disputing that because that's between you and God. I'm just telling you the way the way I do it. But I, you know, I want to look at the totality. Of the of of my financials, I, I, but I do get the question, right? Mm -hmm. I have been a small business owner. I am a small business owner, and I guess, and I know a lot of small Christian small business owners. And I guess a dynamic that I see that I don't characterize as particularly healthy is I I, I see a lot of when I'm ultimately successful with this business. When, when I cash out, when I get a big paycheck because I've sold my equity, that's when I'll be generous. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, in my experience, they're not, okay? Or they're like, um, oh, I'm going to invest it in something even bigger and better, and I'm going to make a lot more money for God. And then when I cash out of that thing, that's when I'm really going to be generous. And I think that, you know, I think it's important to kind of acknowledge God's goodness to you along the way and not simply make sure that God ultimately follows through for your good outcome, and then you'll give, if you understand what I'm saying. It's a little bit like if you own a stock, you know, that has appreciated, you know, a hundredfold, and that's just sitting in an account, and because you haven't sold it, you haven't realized that income. I would question whether or not, it, you know, that's the right way to look at things because you haven't taken it into your hands. Therefore, you have no responsibility for it. So that that would be my challenge to uh, you know to business owners because it's easy to just let it all ride, you know, in the business. Businesses need operating capital. I mean, no doubt about that. But you know, sometimes I just get the sense that you know somebody thinks, well, God's been really good to the business just this year. But next year, hey, what if I lose money? Is God going to give that back to me? I, I just, I don't think that's the right way of looking at it. That's just my personal um, opinion. 
And I know it won't be a popular one among small business owners. <laughs> amen but, but, and amen. But that's, that's what I'm going to say. So, yeah. all right. Thank you, Rob. Uh, without, hopefully, there being any lightning strikes, let's thank Rob for his willingness to come up here. So, Do I need to help you carry I'll this I'll just off? leave it there. Oh, no, I have, Rob, I have people for that. People to do that. So, Absolutely. All right, we'll, we'll close up as we always do. We're going to take communion, and then we'll end with a couple songs. We'll do communion a little differently. Normally, I would have you get it and come and sit back down, and, and we would all take it together. But you're being challenged, and you've been challenged these last couple of weeks, that you have to decide that giving really is between you and God. Lots of things in Scripture, nope, it's right or it's wrong. But giving is completely between you and God. And God may call the person sitting next to you to something that he's not calling you to at all. So as we take communion, I would like you to take, just take it yourself. Get the bread, get the cup. You can take it there. You can take it back to your seat. Whatever. This is between you and God as you take this because Jesus is our model. We give because Jesus has given to us. So I'm going to pray for us and then go get the elements, take them whenever you like. Uh, I'm going to pray us out of that to give the band a chance to come back up and the worship team a chance to get set up. But again, you, you are welcome to, to pray over that, to hold on to that, to, to do whatever you want uh, until you, you, you have some sense of, okay, this is, this is what the Lord is saying to me. So let's pray. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Everything we have comes from you. Everything we have is your good gift to us. We, we have wealth to share because you have provided it. I mean, we know that. We know the truth of what scripture says, that it's not because we're so smart or we're so clever or we're so talented or we're so strong that we have these good things in our lives. It's because you are good and you have provided these things for us. And so Jesus, I pray for us. I pray for my brothers and sisters. Now, as we take the bread, as we take the cup, as we remember that you were generous with us first and you didn't give 10%, you gave your life. You died for us. You were nailed to a cross. You were buried in a tomb. As the creed said, you were crucified. You died. You were buried. You descended into hell. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you have done for us. And as the creed tells us as well, on the third day, you rose again from the dead. That, that we can be generous with confidence because we know that, that you will supply what we need. That, that's what we looked at last week. You will supply everything we need so that we can be generous. Sometimes you supply it out of your own hand. Sometimes you supply it from other people's generosity. Oh, Lord, help us. We want to be generous, but you know how hard it is for us to let go. You know how hard it is for us to give something away and to trust that when we need it, you will give it back to us. You know how much we, we want to keep everything so that we are confident and comfortable. And we, we say, like the man that is called a fool in the parable, oh, I'll, I'll build bigger barns and then I'll have more and, and then I'll be at peace and confident. And Jesus, help us by your spirit. Be at work in us as we take the bread, as we take the cup, as we remember that you have been generous with us. Help us to be generous with others. We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen.